G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast. It doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Not too bad, Hollywood. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Now, Kays, i got a question because on mm. Friday mm-hmm. uh, afternoon, uh, sorry, Friday night when the teams were announced, I yes. looked at your team. Yep. And it was looking like you had a ruck donut going on. So yes. the reason why I bring this up is because you're a man of integrity, and I am. You know, you've been giving me shit for uh, getting a few donuts here and there with bringing the, the game into disrepute with all I would the injuries say. I've got in my side. There's not much I can do about it, Case. Um, over the last few weeks, and I looked at your side. And you, what were your three rucks? You had uh, Tim English. Yep. Uh, then you had Callum Sinclair, Callum Sinclair got and Luke Jackson. And Luke also Jackson. Injured. Yep. So you're facing down the barrel, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Yep, your beauty K has got a donut. What's he going to do?" You would have been here? licking your lips at the thought of that, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I really wanted you to get one, but uh, <laughs> apparently you made a last minute trade that I had no idea about. I, but, I uh, did. I came to a bit of an agreement with another coach. We traded uh, Paul Hunter, who obviously wasn't playing, for uh, my boy Levi Rock the Casbolt, who came in and uh, performed admirably, scoring 53 points to my side. I don't know where how you actually managed to do it. Because every time, because like, I've got a fair few, I've got nine injuries mm-hmm. and that are all best 22 players, by the way. That's fine. Yes. field donuts. Um, if every time I try to make a trade, I just, everyone just tries to shaft you because you're like, oh, you're getting, you got nine donuts, ah, do you? No, uh, no, no. Yeah. I'm not and you, like And that. you can just offer up a zero and get back a 50 I'm, scoring player back. How does this work? I'm quite, well, people like me, number one, oh, but I'm know quite a that. reasonable trader when it comes to it. What? How, how do you trade out a zero for a guy that never play again and get 50 in return? That doesn't sound that reasonable. Well, that coach owns, uh, what's his name? Ryder and Marshall. So, you know, a little extra handcuff back up there but you know there might be uh, some conversation going in yeah I think that's what's going on behind the scenes maybe Uh, it might be some nuggets or maybe it might be a Zambrero's burrito we don't know or a case of remedy kombucha the opportunities are endless I'm glad you put nuggets first there because now now I know where your loyalty is really lying not with the sponsors but your uh, your, your love for delicious delicious chicken nuggets it's boneless meat I'm all about boneless meat (laughs) you absolutely are that's why your team's called not much chop because you hate chops because they've got bones in them correct anyways right. I thought I'd clear that up because I wasn't sure whether you the donut because I was going to get into you if you actually copped the donut. No, but, man, in my word. All right, so you did actually make some trades. Somehow I made a miraculous zero for 50 trade, but anyway. Uh, well, we just mentioned all the sponsors there, so we'll get around. Remedy can butcher. I'm going to crack mine out. I have yep. put them in the freezer for the appropriate amount of time tonight. So an hour and a half in the freezer. I reckon that's the perfect uh, amount. And I can actually see the mm-hmm. tiny shard of ice yep. forming at the top of that one. So perfect. that's going to be crisp for the remainder of this podcast. Actually, only lasts me about 10 minutes and I, it get, does. I, I smash it. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that's uh, Remedy Kombucha. If you want to get yourself some, if you want to grab some to put in your freezer for an hour and a half, the perfect amount of time, uh, head to remedydrinks.com.au, sorry, remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and use the coupon KEEPER20 at checkout and grab yourself uh, a case of Remedy Kombucha or as much Remedy Kombucha as you want, really. Mm. Uh, you get 20% off and free shipping. So what a deal, case. Go nuts. I want to have a little sip of mine. Go for so it. So, do you want to talk about our other sponsor, guys? Yes. No, I would like to. Obviously, thank Zambreros. I'm actually going to, uh, I think, uh, maybe have one on Friday night. It's looking like a burrito kind of night on Friday night. Was that date night? Uh, no, no. I think um, I'll be the only one in the house. So, you know, you've got to fend for myself. And I think a little, might try the Cherto this week. Where is your local Zambreros? Uh, Semaphore is my closest. Oh, okay. Mine was, but now I've got one at Blair Athol. Actually, I reckon they're pretty close. But That's yeah. almost 50 50. Yeah, in between. Yeah. But um, the other oh, guy. The Blair Athol one is drive through though. Oh, wow. That's a game changer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah. It's a game changer. <laughs> but uh, another guy who's going to be enjoying their 
Zambrero Burrito this week is Daryl Smith from Gwellup in Western Australia. So now, knowing you, you've stalked our listeners and you've worked out where they live. So of course I have. It's well, all where, about learning. Where's, where's Gwellup? Uh, it's in Perth. It's quite. It's near uh, Karanyup, which is uh, home to Perth's finest golf course, Lake Karanyup Country Club. Absolute treat if you ever get the chance to play there. But uh, Gwellup, I'm sure there's a. I'm pretty sure there's a, a massive. Um, Zambrero's just around the corner. When I was in Perth the other week, literally there was like a massive, massive restaurant. I was going to take a photo and like, that is Oh, so you've sweet. actually visited this suburb before? Well, I don't know if I've visited this suburb, but I know there's a massive um, oh, just somewhere Zambrero in Perth. In Perth so. It's a pretty big place, Perth, man. Like it might not be close to Gwellop. Uh, I was heading out towards Scarborough, so it might be all right. <laughs> I might be onto something there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, Daryl can- um, He will know much know. better he'll, than me. He'll let us know where it actually is. Uh, yeah, I just can confirm that the Blair Ethel Zambrero is a drive through so that's a game changer. Bang. If you're in that area of Adelaide, head but- to that one. If you want to wrap your lips around a delicious Zambrero's burrito for free, head to our website, keeperlegpod.com.au slash Zambrero. Put your deets in and you could be a winner. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, on to the Round Rewind, the segment where we look at all the weekend's games and recap all the action to find you the uh, Keeper League Nuggets. No, not Nuggets, uh, uh, burritos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, to find you all the, uh, all the, all the uh, underrated uh, gems that are going to make your Keeper League team unbeatable. So anyway, we'll kick it off with uh, St. Kilda versus Geelong on the Friday night. Uh, the first player I'm going to talk about, and it breaks my heart, it's Seb Ross. Mm. And I think... He's going to have to be 2G4P again. Wow. Well, yeah, it's fine. You know, yeah. like it's, it's hurting you more than it's hurting me. I know. It just, it really, it really hurts. But, you know, I don't, like I said, who would have kept him after the end of last year? Like two years of just stinking it up. He would have had to go in most sides. I'd like to hear from any listeners, actually, if we could, we, maybe we can form a support group. Anyone that let uh, Sebros go after last season, um, we can hang out and just, you know, get each other through this. My question for you, Hef, is like, so you delisted Ross, Brandon Ellis, mm-hmm. and Jack Scrimshaw, mm-hmm. and you kept some guys like, who have we got here? You kept uh, Pete Laddams. You mm-hmm. kept Nick Blakey. Can I, can I just you go You kept back to Dylan Pete. Stevens. Can I go hang back on, to Pete hang on, hang for a second? On. Out of those three, well, you kept Nick Caulfield, who's had a poor year too, but yeah. like, if you, could, if you could just swap, yeah, and James Warple, <laughs> if you could just swap one, who would it be? Uh, it's... Uh, I probably want Scrimshaw back, to be honest. Yep. Out of all of those. And who are you just happy to I find, put um, back in the pool then? Out of those three. Yeah. Um, Surely Laddams. Well, I just, I, on Laddams, I just went through, I was actually looking at the wire pool before we did the wire podcast. Mm. He was, his average draft pick, and I know this is draft as well, which is probably even more um, damning. His average draft pick was 128. Mm. So, you know, so that makes him a tenth, equivalent of a 10th round pick in our league. Mm. So, you know, he was averaging like, he did average like 80 or close to 80 last year as a forward. Surely that's a good thing like you'd be happy with. And he was playing as a forward for the second half of the season as well. So, like I said, Kays, you make a lot of hindsight calls. Oh, this was a bad call. None of the time. I'm, not, tell- I'm just asking. You're I'm not telling me they're good call, bad calls at the time. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's Laddams. Probably, I don't know, Stevens. Stevens like, like he's a midfielder. He doesn't actually have the that status. Because the only reason why I kept the, like Blakey and Laddams is because I had no forwards. They all lost forward status. Mm. And I did not want to try to pick up three or four forwards in the pool. So that's why I had to let go of Seb Ross because I had a full midfield. But unfortunately, my midfield consisted of players like um, James Warple, mm. who is, you know, just sticking it form. up. And Jed Anderson, who got injured and a mm. few like that. So I guess my season would be in different terms if a few of my players that were good last year could actually either get games or score well again. 
but it's just not happening for me. Anyway, I'm sick of making excuses. The fickle for nature of fantasy. Yeah, football. I'm sick of making excuses for it. Um, you can't win them all, and in this case, you can't win five or six. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm just sad I listened to Severos. But yeah, two G four. He's gone. Again. See you later. Uh, Tim Memory at 86 points. He's averaging 77 for the year. Um, as a key forward, I think this is a good option, um, especially as like an F four, F five. That's probably where he's sitting at the moment. In most teams, considering mm-hmm. how Charlie the Paul was at the start of the year for forwards, I think that's around that. Mark, so he's not a bad option if he's available in your league. Max King had 81 points, and he was just absolutely clunking everything. The pack marking was super impressive. He had 10 marks for the game, and I think he's just showing good signs for the future. Just needs to kick straight, because I can't even remember what it was exactly on the weekend, but uh, it wasn't accurate. So if he can kick straight, he can put up some monster scores, I think. And as we're seeing some you know, key forwards, like players like Aaron Norton popping up here and there and being um, good scorers, where every second week he seems like a good scorer. I think Max King can become a player. Yeah, ridiculous. So, yeah, I think he can kind of would be similar and pop up every now and then with good scores if he can, yeah, bloody kick straight. Jack Pytel had 77 points and he was scoring well early playing in the midfield. Um, his time on ground suffered though later on in the game. So I think this should be, just should be something to monitor going forward, whether this is he's still building his tank or he's just got a legit lack of tank and he needs to be a low time on ground player. It's still uncertain. It's probably something you're not going to know until another year or so to see mm. where he's at. But um, it's something you want to be monitoring um, as the season goes on. If you're showing signs of building that time on ground, then you can start to get excited for the future because I reckon he's going to be a good one. Uh, moving on to some Geelong players, Zach Tui had 96 points. Uh, he played a big part in Geelong's halfback distribution. So he takes he was taking kickouts as well and gets involved in that Geelong chip around, which they're kind of famous for, um, which makes players like Tommy Stewart such good fantasy scorers because they all get around um, in that little chip around. So look, 96 uh, was his last week. Then he had 85 the week before that and then 80 before that from his last three. That's three weeks of 80 plus is bloody close to 2G4P. Bloody close. Surely if he gets uh, back DPP this week too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, which he probably will. So One more week then. Yeah, next week he's going to be 2G4P, I'm pretty sure. Um, Lockie Henderson had 85 points. This guy was delisted a couple of years ago. Then he played in a grand final. And then like he plays a pretty important role for Geelong week in, week out. So I'll probably never be an advocate for playing him on the field though, but I think as a loophole option, because we saw it through the grand finals. I reckon he had, sorry, through the final series. The grand final, he stunk it up, but I reckon the three weeks prior in the qualifying, the semi and the prelim, he had 80 plus or BCV equivalents to 80 plus mm. each of those weeks. So he can be a good loophole option. So he can, like, just pops up every now and then for big scores and he can pull in some big mark numbers as well from uh, time to time. And he mostly uses the ball by foot, which is good. So I think uh, as a loophole option, I don't mind Lockie Henderson, but yeah, like I said, I wouldn't want to start him each week. That's for sure. All right, next game. Yeah, Swans, Collingwood. Start off with the Swans. Hayden McLean, 108 points from him. Man, he is a big boy and on Saturday played a big game. Uh, 18 touches, nine marks and six tackles for an absolute giant. Uh, Kicked the one goal too as well. Look, he caught my eye a few weeks ago when he slotted four against the Cats and I do think there's something about him. He's only 22. Uh, he might have a future going, but it's obviously going to be pretty hit and miss uh, as a big lumbering forward in a, in a you know developing team. Only 3% owned, so if your waiver wire is uh, pretty shallow, he might be one worth looking at, especially because uh, the Swans have Frio and Colton coming up, so he could be in some big points, uh, especially against a, a defence like Frio. Uh, he's a big body, could really clunk some and find some goals too, so uh, keep an eye for H. McLean. Justin McInerney had 104 points. He was a much improved game from when I saw him a couple weeks ago. Real chalk and cheese effort, but uh, look, 
24 touches, seven marks and four tackles. Provides good speed um, through the halfback and wing, but just does need to sharpen up his disposal a bit at the top level. But we can see, or sorry, we did see that he scored well last year. Um, 74 was his best this year before his 104 on the weekend. And the thing about him is I reckon he's actually a sneaky chance to add back DPP to his um, his centre this year. And at 29% owned, he could be an astute kind of pickup for those who maybe are hunting for a defender. Uh, I reckon the, um, the uh, ultimate footy gods might bless you this weekend. Uh, Dane Rampey, 80 points from him. He was my waiver wire pickup of the week last week and got me super nervous early because he only scored six points in the first quarter, but then went bang, 47 points in the second quarter. They sit on 53 at half time. Look, he had 20 touches and 10 marks. Real quintessential Dane Rampey game. Um, obviously playing free on cult the next two weeks. He's right on the borderline of the waiver wire pod, have 65% owned. So yep. if you do need some back cover, he's, um, he's notching up a few 80s this year. So he's definitely worth... Uh, having as a depth player in your defence. On to the Pies. Will Hoskin-Elliott had 113. Well, Goodwill hunting... Sorry, Goodwill was hunting the ball early on. With, <laughs> stuffed up your own yeah, pie. I stuffed up my own joke. Damn it. <laughs> Goodwill was hunting the ball early on with 87 at halftime and Badwill only delivered 26 points after halftime. Look, ended with 23 touches, 10 marks and a goal. Look, tip of the cap uh, for that good half wheel, but I just hate him as a fantasy prospect. He just yo-yos from week to week and now he can even yo-yo in a game. It's a hard pass from me. Collingwood in general just yo-yo with players. Like One week you'll see certain players getting you know 50% CBAs for the game. Mm. Next week, they won't get in there at all. Mm. Um, they'll bring in rookies for just one week at a time and not give them a run, even though they're terrible and they should just be blooding them. They're just a really hard... The only thing good about Collingwood at the moment is putting your players against them because yeah. they will go big. That's really the only thing good about Collingwood right now. It's frustrating. Uh, Chris May, 97 points. He's an 80 average defender who really goes low. So if you're looking for one of them, get involved. He is the main man for you. Look, the Pies are starting to rebuild soon, but until then, he's going more than fine and does know how to find it. So if you are contending for a flag, I reckon Chris Mayne is um, flag material, especially if he does kind of retire at the end of the year. Could be in for a big grand final game, just saying. Uh, Joshy Dacos, 91 points from him. He's back on the wing and back to his scoring ways. Had 28 touches and five tackles and is building quite nicely. Just pray that he holds that wing spot in the, the Collingwood um, musical chairs that's going on at the moment. But look, when the Pies do properly start that rebuild, um, it's going to be the big question. Hopefully he gets a bit more inside mid-time, but at the moment he's playing pretty well on that wing. He's just not quite too good for the pod yet, Hef, I reckon. He's still maybe a, a couple of weeks away. He still needs to kind of notch up a few more consistent scores, but he's tracking nicely after a slow start to the season. And lastly, Caleb Poulter, uh, 59 points from him, and I reckon he's the real deal. He's only 25% owned, so if your season has gone to shit, he's definitely worth looking um, at getting into your side and, and kind of stashing for the long term for a few reasons. So one, the Pies are actually playing him in a fantasy-friendly role across um, halfback and the wing, so he's actually scoring some okay points. Points. Secondly, he's playing really good minutes. He's uh, 86% and 87% time on ground in his last two games. And to me, he just seems a bit more composed than a few of the other guys, like your Henrys and um, uh, that other guy who's playing a bit. 
Four Collingwood. Four, yeah, that four. Bo McCreary. Go. Yeah, McCreary. Like, he just seems a bit more composed than a couple of those guys, a bit more polished. So, I reckon he's going to be one that um, the pies stick with long time. So, um, I reckon for this season, if you can get a piece of catapult, you're doing all right. Just going back to you said, um, it was a Chris Main who could mm. be in for a good grand final if you've got him. This is my um, plan. This is kind of off topic, but this is my plan in one of my leagues where I've got mm. Tom Rockliffe. Mm-hmm. So, I'm banking on – now, it might be different now he's done two knees, but <laughs> I was banking on him to get his farewell game in uh, round 22, which is – Ports, so we play our grand final round 22, not 23, mm. but that's Port's last home game. Yep. So I got him in thinking that I might be able to get a huge score out of him in the grand final week because I'd definitely put him on the field if it was a farewell game. But um, I'm not sure whether he does play. Like I guess he's had two knees and he's got deep vein thrombosis or something. So Genuine question. How many touches can Rocky get in a wheelchair? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on where he can get the speed setting. I can probably <laughs> move like, faster than he like normally would on the field anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if that's legal. Because, Heaps um, of handballs. Yeah, gets one of those turbocharged... Uh, um, wheelchairs, kind of like on, on the water boy where they supercharge his lawnmower. It'd be like <laughs> that, I reckon. Uh, anyways, let's move on to Hawthorne versus North Melbourne. But uh, a comeback game for a friend of the podcast, uh, Trent mm. Dumont. So one from one with Froggy in the side this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. That's the turning point, really. He's back in the side. So, um, yeah, you can thank Trent Dumont and, um, yeah, the Keep League podcast for being his inspiration, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, some Hawthorne players in the Hawthorne versus North Melbourne game. Uh, Blake Hardwick. He had 119 points running out of defense. Uh, he's the second 100 for the year, and he's averaging 84, but that's mainly because he's had two big tons this season. Um, take those two big scores out, and he's averaging 72. So he's still worthy of a D4, D5 position, don't get me wrong, but he's a bit of a yo-yo each week. So the 84 um, average isn't reflective of the way he scores. It's kind of just up and down, up and down, up and down each week. But he's still a worthwhile option to have if he does score like this every now and then. Uh, James Cousins, uh, 105 points. Um, he was playing a mid-forward role and kicked two goals. He was injured for the first five rounds, I think it was. So he had a slow start to the year, but we kind of knew he was capable of performances like this. And he's averaging 85 for the year um, from that point onwards. So um, hopefully becomes a mainstay of the Hawthorne midfield from now on because he's definitely got some fantasy potential. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw had 94 points and it pains me to say it, but another guy I've delisted who has now become too good for the podcast, hashtag 2G4P for the new listeners. Um, another one I've had to let go. Two questions. What's go the on. opposite of the oracle? Uh, I don't know. The horacle? That's yeah, you are. The horacle. Secondly, yeah. uh, James Warple, yeah. can he play with Jaeger O'Meara and Tom Mitchell on the side? Um, I know they're scoring all three of them is pretty poor on the weekend, but like it just seems that they are his kryptonite. So at the end of last season, Warple, they all, all three played together and until Warple did his shoulder, Warple mm. was the pick of the bunch in terms mm. of their scoring. So I just really don't know what's happened. I don't think it's a case. I personally don't, I can't say this for sure, but I don't think it's a case of too many mouths to feed. I just legitimately think he's just down on form. He's been pl- tried in a few different roles this year as well. So he was tagging a few weeks ago and I think that was more of an effort not to actually give a new role. It's like just try to get yourself into the game because you're just not getting into it at the moment. Mm. So I don't really don't know what's going on with him, but I have faith. Like for me, he's going to be another, you know, a 10-year member of my side. So if he's not going that great this year, that's fine. He'll push me down the ladder. I'll get a decent draft pick next year and I'll come back next week when he's no, next year when he's on top again. It's fine. Tanking for picks. <laughs> shame, shame, shame. <laughs> Got nothing else to do. Uh, anyway. 
North Melbourne. Taylor Garner had 89 points, and this was his first game of the year. And he was almost a lead-up target inside 50, kicked three goals. It was a game where North were on top, so I'd, I'd want to see more evidence um, before we start suggesting picking up a guy like Taylor Garner. But uh, look, positive signs from his first game of the year. Um, and Luke Davis Uniac had 87 points, eight kicks, 16 handles, and kicked a goal. He was rotating in the midfield and up forward, but it was his best game for a while, and we still didn't see a big score from him. We only saw 87. So for LDU, I think this is just what he is now. He's not going to be a huge fantasy player. He's more of a role player for North Melbourne. Could pop up with – I reckon he could average 80 one day, but, yeah, that's probably – I average more than that. I quite like LDU. It's just so up and down. Like, you think he'd do it by now. Like, he's been in the system for a long this time. It's probably his first full season not being fit, though. Well, I played the second half of last year as well. I don't know. I just thought – I don't know. I, I can see him getting injured again before he becomes a good fantasy scorer <sighs> and finishing his career, to be honest. I don't LDU, wanna, I'm backing you in. You I don't want to put the kiss of death on anyone, but – yeah, oh, God, that'd be good. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just loving Ben Keyes. It was funny because <laughs> I was watching that Crows game last night, and you see Ben Keyes just kick some horrible wobblers out of the, out of, out of the middle, but he still puts up 100-plus each week. So it's, Heart and soul. It doesn't matter how you score him, I guess, but yeah, long term, I'm not sure how he's going to go. He tries I love his best, guy. man. I love him. He's a fucking legend. <laughs> uh, Gold Coast versus Brisbane, the Q Clash. Uh, Grant Birchall, 110 points. Look, someone forgot to tell Grant that he's 33 and he can chill out two tons in his last three games, 26 touches, 13 marks on the weekend. Um, but you want to know how good Grant Birchall is and how old he is? How good is he? And how old is he? Well, he's very good, but he's so old that he's laid six tackles in nine games. Wow. It's just like, nah, man, I'm over 33. You can't catch anyone. That's why. It's probably true. Yeah. It's like, nah, someone else can tackle. But he's actually had five tackleless games in nine this year. So that is classic old man behavior. He would not look out of place in B's or C grade at any level around uh, local footy. But look, he would look just out doing- of place because he'd be that good. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And he'd be, he'd be, he'd be the guy getting from- 50 touches. He's taking the kick in and just hitting guys on <laughs> That's the That's out of place for C grade. But uh, look, I suppose tackling is not really his job. The Lions are humming. He's playing nicely. Like if you're in a window, I think you've got to have a piece. Of Grant Birchall, he is um, looking very good this year. Agree. Uh, Mitchie Robinson, 96 points from him. He's obviously as mad as a cut snake, but he is in some ripping form at the moment. 27 touches and eight marks. Look, five out of the nine games this season, he's gone 80 plus, which is super consistent. Um, there's actually no dramas with his ring role, wing role being taken either. Um, Bailey's playing that very half forward flanky kind of role, playing it well, which is a bit of a nightmare for, for owners, but good for Robbo. Look, 65% owned. I think that might have crept up slightly uh, since this morning's uh, checking of the notes. But look, honestly, there's worse options out there than Mitch Robinson, especially if you're uh, hunting a flag or or need some depth through your midfield. I reckon he's a pretty uh, capable M6, M7. Uh, lastly, for the Lions, Reese Matheson, 76 points from him. Beast Mode has really just snuck into that Lions best 22 at the moment. He's going pretty nicely. Interestingly, he contested 18 of the 30 CBAs uh, for the Lions, and he was only behind Jared Lyons as the midfielder in there. So uh, Lyons, I think, maybe contested about 20, and then Matheson was right behind him. So he had 20 touches, six marks, and three tackles. Uh, look, I think once, obviously, you know, you get your kneels back, uh, Jared Berry, he might be stretched in that full-time role there. But look at the minute, he's a he's a handy top-up player, centre forward DPP and only 43% owned, so worth having a look there. You've never been able to let Beast Mode go, have you? You've no, loved him for so long. He's just heart and soul. You always find a way to bring him into our podcast, even though he's averaging 60-something this Mate, year. What? 
at the moment, your side would kill for a 76. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'd kill for anyone who's actually playing uh, and not injured. On to the Suns, but I do have a soft spot for Reese. Um, on to the Suns, not one Sun cracked a ton in the Q clash. So I'm waiting for a big Stewie Jew size shakeup shortly at the at the Suns. I reckon some stuff's going to happen. So uh, of the couple players worth talking about, Sammy Flanders has 73 points. He's actually been going right since round six, um, notched up. A couple of 60s and that 73, had 16 touches, four tackles in a goal. Look, he was a high draft pick, finding his groove in the second year, playing a bit of a higher half forward role, um, was a very talented junior, so worth looking at as a, a bit of a stash option for 22 uh, plus. So, um, yeah, pretty handy player. Uh, let's move on. Oh, sorry. Have you talked about all no, your talkers? Last one sorry. is uh, Rory Atkins, who had 43. We see a pretty lackluster return to the AFL, 11 touches, two tackles and a goal. But look, I think he's going to be delivering a lot more than that. I'm happy to give him a bit of a, a pass after one game um, with a delayed preseason, etc. 54% owned, so there's still plenty of shares left in the rat. Um, they played Geelong, then Hawthorne. So um, might be worth a look on the waivers on his best form because when he's playing well at the Crows, he was like an 80 average uh, player, only 26. So definitely could be a, a nice pickup for your side if you do need a, um, you know, M6, M7. I think there was a question about him later on, but he was an 80 average in his very, very, very best years. He's had like lots of seasons under 80. Someone's going to get the ball at the Suns. Well, they are the best fantasy scoring team in the competition, so there might be more spread for him, but I think they are scoring well in fantasy wise. Yeah, but they're, didn't recruit him on a five-year deal to not play him. Oh, I don't know why they recruited him. I don't know why you recruit anyone who isn't like a superstar on more than a five-year deal, to be honest. But the rats are loving the Gold Coast then. Yeah, maybe you just really like surfing or something. Hey, what's wrong with surfing? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should pay them to be up there. But anyway, uh, tell me about the uh, Richmond versus GWS game. So I was at the Port game um, while this was on, so I didn't see any of it. But I remember looking at the scores. I think I remember. I just don't know if I had too many beers, but... GWS were winning by quite a bit, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So, what happened in this game? Richmond mounted a huge comeback. Um, yeah. And it wasn't that GWS necessarily played horribly. Like, it was just that Richmond grind. Experience. Yeah. yeah. They got him over the line. Kind of like what they did against Western Bulldogs the other week. Just absolutely clawed him back. Yeah. Uh, the guy who was probably best on ground, Liam Baker, 118 points from him. And probably the guy we didn't see taking all the midfield minutes uh, with all the outs they've got at the moment, but he did capitalise. I've always been a, a fair fan of Liam Baker, but he's never really got that full... Um, you know, fantasy halfback role or a midfield role. But obviously with all these outs at the moment, he's proved he can really score. He was the leading possession winner and clearance winner for the Tigers with 33 touches and six tackles. I just wish we could knew we could lock this in for the rest of the year, you know, but I think obviously with all the Tigers outs at the moment, um, you know, it's going to be hard pressed to see him, you know, notch up these scores week in, week out. But if you're an owner at the moment, you'd be licking your lips. Look, he's 23 years old, so it could be a long-term play if you do, you know, think this could happen in a couple of years when a few guys retire. But off um, off the weekend's effort, um, yeah, he looked really, really good. Uh, Riley Collier-Dawkins, the um, AFL Classic, you know, pin-up boy at the moment, he had 86 points. Look, he was another who really enjoyed the midfield minutes on Saturday, kicked two snags, had 18 touches and seven tackles. Look, same with Baker. Oppos- um, opportunities, sorry, going forward are going to be a bit tough when the full-strength Tigers side there, but he does look the goods. He's a great size and has been biding his time pretty well over the last few years. I think in the future, maybe not necessarily next year, but the year after, I reckon he's one you'd love to have a piece of because he's that big midfielder. Whilst I agree, and I think he's going to be a good footballer, you just want to see something change in the way Richmond play to actually allow for some big fantasy scoring. Like, apart from Short, no one else really 
goes large for them. Mm. Unless you're running off a halfback flank. Bashar and Jaden are yeah, the two big ones. Seems to be the only way you can score big fantasy numbers for them. So I don't know whether their midfield just kind of spreads their role too quickly or too evenly or mm. they just don't like playing the kind of flashy fantasy types. They're more mm. of the um, the bump and grind, I guess, kind of players. Um, yeah, I don't know how it goes, but yeah. yeah. Uh, don't don't hate that call. But uh, another of the Tigers players who scored well was 86 points from Jason Castagna. Obviously aided by the outs, but like Georgie got up the ground a lot more on Sunday and did hit the scoreboard after a three-game drought too. So picked up 16 touches and eight marks and was kind of running up and down that wing. So his last two games, he's had 31s, but has had a scattering of good scores too. He's had an 83 and a couple uh, high 70s. He's a bit of a funny one because I reckon he could be a really good fantasy player at another club, like with a bit more opportunity and a bit more time in the midfield. But I suppose when he's a three-time flag winner at 24, I doubt he really gives a shit about what I think about his fantasy game. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he plays midfield at too many clubs, though. Oh, but I reckon he'd be a bit more of a potentially a link, link man or a more important wingman. I think he just kind of just plays his role perfectly at the Tigers. I could see him do like a Dan Butler somewhere, like a similar type role like that. But I couldn't see him being a huge yeah. fantasy scorer. Anyway, yeah. his scores are fleeting. and But, you know, he's a, he's a probably a pretty good um, loophole option if you can at the moment. Uh, Matt Flynn had 109 points. And after this game, I'm not quite sure why the Giants keep holding Flynn's sanity back from us. He was an absolute beast. Can I just say they've lost every game with him in and won every game with Mummy rucking. But apart from that, if you believe, <laughs> if, if you read tea leaves too, that's great. But, you know, uh, look, he was a beast. He won 30 hit outs and picked up 13 touches. Also laid a game high at nine tackles. Obviously, the Giants love mummy. But it's going to be interesting if they ever do bite the bullet. Like, is Flynn just going to take over this year? I know Proust is obviously the replacement with Flynn. And we saw Briggs play, who was pretty good as well with 15 touches. But, look, I think they actually have some genuine, like, ruck options now when yeah. it looked like pretty bleak at the start of the year um, you would not have guessed that it would be Shane Mumford number one and, and Matthew Flynn playing pretty good footy number two like I do 100% think that if they would have won on the weekend against Richmond then the whole fantasy world would be saying it's Flynn time mm-hmm. you know there's no need to play Mumford anymore but on the back of that, everyone's questioning, well, how long is it going to be until they bring him in I didn't see what the game more at can all, he so. do like he's, nah, he's beat, exactly. he beat um, Nankin hitouts yeah, I know. I don't know. But I'm just saying that's what the fantasy world's saying. I don't know if that's correct or not. I'd be interested to see what Leon Cameron says during the week in regards he'll, he'll, to the role. Oh. But the thing is, Proust be coming back anyway and they can't play all of them. No, 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 they can't. But, so, like, you know, does Proust have to, you know, bide his time in the VFL for a few weeks? I don't know. Like, probably because he spends so much time out. Yeah, but, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. But, you know, like, maybe Matthew Flynn's now an option to go somewhere else. You yeah. know, like, who knows? Uh, options. Jesse Hogan, 104 points from him. He's kicked four goals, one in his two games this uh, season, which is quite cool. Um, and amazingly, he kicked all of his four goals, one in the second quarter. He went absolutely bananas in the second, racking up 66 of those 104 points in the second. Obviously, that um, you know form dropped off in the second half, but it did show his best is still there. Just needs a bit more consistency. Uh, I thought he might be a bit less owned, but um, he's 82% owned, so the coaches haven't forgotten about him. But look, I think in a few weeks' time, when he comes up against the Roos, the Blues, and the Hawks, he he could uh, be a big one for your uh, low poles. Yeah, it is. Uh, Dan Lloyd, ninety points from him. He had a nice quarter where he ra- last, sorry, a nice last quarter, racking up forty-two points, uh, seven touches, and a goal in the final stanza. But look, he's had two good scores in a row playing that wing half forward flank role. Um, you know, one to monitor, especially if you're playing waivers and you need a, a forward who's scoring all right. But look, he's twenty-nine and obviously isn't a long-term keeper option. And lastly, Tommy Green, 85 points. Look, another really solid game from the young 
Munster. Just didn't look out of place against the Tigers' mids, uh, picking up 24 touches. Real in and under player. He's a handball happy man, Hef, which we don't like them. Nine kicks, 15 handballs. That is a bad ratio. But look, did slot a goal and he's still playing a low time on ground game. So 71% time on ground on the weekend. So look, there's genuine scope for natural scoring improvement from Tom Green once he kind of gets into that third year and uh, clicks, uh, sorry, and everything clicks. He was the Rising Star nomination for the week as well, I think. Was he? I saw. Yeah. So, nice. Good yeah. work. Uh, moving on to Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, disappointing game for Port Adelaide, but credit to the Dogs for Flat outrunning track us. Oh, absolutely. I don't think we've beaten her. Well, we, the three teams have beaten us, so brothers and the ladder. So, yeah, not the greatest outcome, but I don't know. We'll wait and see. Um, now, look, Peter Adams had 98 points. And I think this is the reason why a lot of people were keeping him, expecting him to get more ruck time. This year, I know that was always going to be a big ask alongside Scotty Lysett, but they thought there might have been more of a genuine split. But when he played, he was just kind of stuck up forward and, uh, yeah, didn't eventuate. But I will say that he had 37 hitouts on Jordan Sweet. He never wins that many hitouts. So he's not a great tap ruckman. He's usually better around the ground. So it was kind of ridiculous to actually see him actually get on top of ruckman. So I don't know if that would happen against, you know, someone like Grundy this weekend. Might be a bit of a different no, story. Jordan Sweet playing his fourth game of football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So look, never wins that many hitouts, but. He's a great scorer when he is the number one ruck due to what he can do around the ground. But the thing is, he's probably never going to be number one ruck, not with Scott Lysett at the helm anyway, mm-hmm. not for a while. So, yeah, enjoy the next three weeks because he's probably going to put up some good scores. And if you're lucky enough to have another ruckman, unlike me, you could play him up forward, which would be super, super handy and mm-hmm. you'd be absolutely licking your lips right now. But uh, if you're like me, I have to play him in the rucks and he would just do whatever Scott Lysett did each week. So, <laughs> it's just a genuine one for one, like for like. Uh, Charlie Dixon had 70 points, uh, kicked two goals. He's serviceable. Like, he's not a superstar. He's a type of player that's going to be in the pool each year. But you pick him up and he'll put up some decent scores here and there for you. Been disappointing, though, like if you're from a fantasy-wise Compared well. to last year. Yeah. But Port have also been disappointing in comparison to last year as well because mm. they were probably undefeated at this stage or had only lost one game. But anyway, uh, Zane Cordy had 87 points and Port had just one of those games they struggled to find anyone inside 50 and then Cordy just got on the end of nine marks. So he's only averaging 54. He's not on my radar, just a tip of the cap to Zane Cordy. I don't think I've ever read his name out before on this podcast and I probably what did I say it would be the last time. <laughs> anyway, uh, Taylor Duray had 83 points on a hardback flank. He's got such a great role for fantasy and he usually mm-hmm. goes around that 80 mark. He'll average probably average that by the season's end, I reckon, which is perfect for keeper leagues. Same with the next guy, Hayden Crozier. Uh, he had 72 points and he played less than three quarters, I think it was, because um, yeah, he came on as a sub. But he's a bit of a keeper league favourite here. We like the guy um, and he's kind of like Taylor Duray. He's not sexy, but he's not a sexy name, but he's serviceable. And Easton Wood's out for like six weeks now. So yeah, think that Hayden Crozier yeah, slots in there nicely. Uh, Aaron Norton had 82 points, kicked four goals. He's averaging just under 80. He is kind of goal dependent, but look, not at 2G4P status, too good for the podcast status yet, but still like a great last – you're playing as your last forward, aren't you, or are you loopholing him? Pardon? Are you playing Aaron Norton as your last forward or are you loopholing him at Hef. the moment? Do you yeah. know how good Aaron Norton is? I'm just saying, he's only averaging – he's not even averaging 80, is he? Hef, he's the 10th most – Scoring point forward, whatever that is, and he's the twenty fifth averaging forward. Twenty fifth averaging forward. What does he mean? Ten point point averaging forward. Total mean? points he has scored the tenth. Oh, because he's missing games. Because all the other good forwards are like twenty five. So he's the top twenty five average. How many teams do we have in our league? Yeah, twelve. Yeah, I get you. Sorry, I wasn't. So really he's sure. number two. He's he's everyone. He's, he's everyone's playing. He's play, everyone's playing him, man. He is only, that a loophole option? What is he average? Is it like seventy something? I guess that's still pretty good for most forwards initially. What's the average? 79. Okay, 79.4. 79. I thought it was him lower at than 25th. 
I thought it was like 75. He's anyway. definitely not a loophole option, bro. No, okay. Fair enough. Um, he's he's elite. I thought he would. He's I know. Elite. He just seems like, you know, a player that has to kick four goals to get 80 points. I know like he does that better than that usually. I don't doubt but, that, but yeah. like, you know, he's actually That's why doing I thought a loophole, well. because if he doesn't kick a goal, he's getting you 50. And I thought that's why you just might wait and see. And at this stage of the year, most people would take a 50 in their forward line each week. I too. would. I 100% would. Uh, let's move on to SM versus Fremantle. Yes. Fuck, I was almost going to microwave my membership. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you <laughs> won, though, didn't you? Fr- yeah, but if we yeah, lost yeah. a free man, oh, God, we could have, you know, all merged with it was, um, Hawthorne, well, and, wasn't it? Yeah. Hawthorne and bloody North. But look, Mason, uh, Mason yes, Mason Redman, 97 my points waiver, Sorry, my streamer of the week last week. Yeah, yeah. you actually hit some good ones last week. Don't, I, don't I, sound I went, so surprised, mate. <laughs> no, I went to shit. Bloody James Warple sucked me in. Uh, look, Mason Redman, 97 points. He's becoming a bit of a keeper league favourite, a weekly member of our podcast. But look, 24 touches from him, kicked the goal too. Uh, he's having a really, really good season, has had a couple 90s now. And apart from a couple quiet games he's actually been pretty consistent now we've got north this week and only 43 percent owned surprisingly he's having a much better year than i think many people are giving him credit for so if you do need a defender i reckon uh, he's a good one to pick off the waivers this week uh maddie guelph he had 75 points uh look wasn't quite his 59 from 28 percent time on ground but still played a very serviceable game had 13 touches eight marks and four tackles look he's a handy winger he's got the back status which helps him this year 23, so there's still plenty of footy for him to come. But look, he's probably never going to be a massive scorer. Just handy backup if you do need it. I think we did flag that on the back of last week, though. Like, don't expect mm. that kind of points per minute scoring when mm. he does play a full game. But mm. we knew he, we thought he was capable of doing something like this the next week. So yeah, yeah. yeah solid. Like yeah. it's a solid. You know, D five, seventy-five. My forward line right now. Wait, Correct. Is he back forward? Line? Back status. Back you line. take it in your forward line I'll as well. Anywhere, anywhere. Even, well he you plays know, everywhere. Scrim- he actually knows what he's given out against seventy-five. Exactly. Uh, Sean Darcy, one hundred thirty-three. I don't know if we have yet, but he has scored four tons in his last five games. He's arrived, Hef. He is. Too good for the podcast. I don't know if many of our listeners listen to the pod pod because they should if I think a lot of our listeners do play classic. So, um, yeah, look, Dossie brought him up as an actual pod a few weeks ago and everyone just laughed in his face like, good one, Dossie. Do you see actually see Sean Darcy as a top six forward? He's uh, right up there now. Mm. <laughs> He's definitely in the conversation. So, I think we have to make him 2G 4P definitely. right now. Which is actually really satisfying after the last, what, three years. Mm. Um, you know, since he went pick two in our draft, I think it was. Mm. Um uh, you know, you know, top recap and top up draft, so yeah. you know, redraft type thing. And uh, we laughed at the guy for years, saying that it was a waste of a pick. But yeah, he's finally come good. Finally on come through. Years of promise. Yep. So well done, Sean. You're gone. Yep. Uh, apart from that, look, look, uh, Ash, Acres, Lob, they're all doing fine, but nothing amazing. There's not much to get too excited about against about the kind of bottom half of the the Frio kind of scorers. But I suppose Darcy Tuck is one who you could look at. He had 76 on the weekend. Um, only 44% owned, so one who will be available on many waiver pools. 17 touches and four tackles from him. Look, his best can be good enough for an M6, M7. Um, he's played three games off a, a big injury, so he should be ready to get real busy quite soon. Look, if the Dockers want to tag, they had Sarong tagging uh, Merritt on the weekend. Just a waste, I think. You want Sarong in the ball. So, if they do want to continue tagging, I think um, Darcy Tucker might be one who goes back to that role. So, it uh, means he'll be around the CBAs and hopefully scoring some good points. So, he's handy enough. Yeah, I was listening to this on the radio because I was looking after my kid. But, yeah, the whole Sarong tag, they've been doing it a couple of times recently. And I think they did it a little bit last year. It was just scoring better. But you're right. that It does seem like a bit of a waste of Sarong. It's counterintuitive. So, yeah, I'm hoping they're not rolling with that because uh, Sarong owners would be quite nervous about mm, that. Filthy. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, Melbourne versus Carl. 
Carlton. So uh, Melbourne are on fire. That stat that they just kept rolling that the last time Melbourne won nine games in a row. Actually, every time they've won nine, nine games in a row, they won a flag. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens from here. There was some stat last year with the team that finished top after round one and at the end of the season in years ending with zero, always won the flag. And last year that was Port Adelaide, so it didn't come to fruition. So, <laughs> so you're saying stats aren't always correct? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Damn. Uh, sometimes I wish they were. Anyway, uh, James Jordan, uh, 110 points. He was wow. the top scorer for Melbourne as well. 13 tackles, only 20 touches, so the tackle numbers got him up there. So I do like worry a little bit about Viney coming back, but you can always lay a tackle. And if he's playing that kind of enforcer role in the midfield, so it might be okay. Apparently Viney is back this week. Yeah, I thought it was weird because it said on the injury list he was still one or two away. Mm. So a lot of people, uh, big on harms at the moment as well so mm. um, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of slides Loses out of those out. two yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom McDonald had 90 points <laughs> yes. played with all three key forwards in the side two Ks but Tom what was interesting McDonald. that him and Wiedemann both looked like they had stints further up the ground but it didn't really affect him at all so we, you know, we always flagged that if they're all three were playing then we might see Tom McDonald go up to wing or sometimes playing defence but it looks like they were kind of both pushing up and kind of running back to the forward line. It was mm-hmm. kind of a strange setup, but yeah, you'd find them both pop up for marks inside the defensive 50 as well. But yeah, it didn't affect his scoring anyway. So in this Melbourne side, I think that he is going to have a really great season because he's always going to get on the end of a few goals, plus playing the role he does where he does get up the ground. Um, I'm almost ready to 2G 4PM. 2G for PM, man. Welcome back to the 2G 4P club. Who would have thought he would have got back there, you know, after three, four years? Not the start of the year. He's yeah. done well. Three yep. 90s, a couple of tons. Well done, Thomas. Got there. Uh, Alex Neil Bullen, 84 points, um, popped up with another one of these kind of scores. So he's averaging 69, which is a nice score, but uh, seems to pop up with an 80 plus every few weeks. So if he gets on the end of the couple of couple goals, he'll score okay. And that's pretty likely, just like we said before, like with Melbourne playing so well. Um, I think he's a great loophole option. Only 51% owned on ultimate footy. Could go either way. But yeah, like I said, if he gets on the end of a few goals, he's going to score okay. Uh, James Harms had 84 points. Um, playing an inside midfielder role, uh, listed as a defender, which is super handy. Went to Cripps early and just followed him around. Uh, as a defender, he is going to be good. But like I just said, when Viney comes back, which sounds like it's going to be this week now, the scoring might dip. So we just need to mm-hmm. monitor to see what happens there. Uh, Angus Brayshaw. So he had 83 points and it was his second best game of the year, but I'm afraid I think he's done because there's just too many good inside mids at Melbourne right now. Mm -hmm. And he's just been pushed outside where he doesn't score as well in terms of fantasy. I reckon he needs to be traded to become a good fantasy option again. Um, We'll pop up with an 80 here and there like this, but like I said, it's his second best score of the year and it's 83. Nah, don't get fooled by this one, people. Uh, Lucky Fogarty, going to move on to some cut plays. Fogarty. Is it actually Fogarty or Fogarty? Who knows? Know. Yeah. Uh, 96 points. It's like Shy Bolton and Shay Bolton. Like, it's spelt Shay, like, but all the commentators say like Shy. Taran. No, that's what his parents call him, though. So, it's a bit different. Okay. We Apologies, know, know that for a fact. <laughs> uh, Lucky Fogarty, Fogarty, whatever. 96 points. Um, started up forward with a bit more, a uh, bit of midfield time. So when Cunningham went down, he kind of had a bit of a bit of a little more of a bump. So can we have a little moment of silence for David, please? Uh, you can. You can just be quiet for a bit. <laughs> no. 23 disposals. Uh, did not kick a goal. So that's good to see him being able to score without kind of getting on the end of a few goals. So he'll be up and down, but if unless he can kind of get some sort of permanent midfield role or just get a bump now um, with the Blues being 
being up and down. I'm not sure how well he's going to go week to week, but he does have the potential to go big every now and then. He's my F5 in one of my leagues, and he's a pretty handy option. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Newman, he's probably 2G4P, but he had 85 points and just plays a great fantasy role. He uses the ball mainly by foot when he gets it, takes kickouts. He just might have been forgotten about in some leagues, I think. Um, if mm-hmm. not, well, if he did, he's probably going to be back on the radar right now. So, um, yeah. Doubt he'll be on a wave wire or anything, but if he somehow did get dropped back because he was injured, or if you just play in a draft league, that he somehow got back in there. Time to snap that one up, but I'd, I'd say you're probably too late. Uh, Will Setterfield, 74 points. Uh, returned to the side and played his old role in the wing. Might get more of a run with Cunningham out as well. He does kind of sometimes play a bit of a wing outside role as well. Mm-hmm. Um, can't see him being a super awesome fantasy player as an outside player though, but he might be serviceable. It's just going to be he's going to be like a 75 average mid though. That's the issue, isn't he? Correct. Yeah, yeah he's never so. going to hit heights. Nah. Anyway, let's move on to West Coast versus Adelaide. No, Darcy Fogarty went 10 spots higher than Lockie Fogarty in the same draft. Really? And they're not related. Yeah, cool. Well, I don't know. They might be, but they're not brothers. Yeah. Fun, <laughs> fun fact. Uh, Alex Witherden, 127 points. Look, he had 30 touches, 26 kicks and four handballs. That's a juicy, juicy kick to handball ratio. Uh, 12 marks as well. Look, he just feasted across half back against the Crows. Look, obviously on his day, he's an elite scorer when things are going his way, but I just really worry each time you read a press conference about him. Like, the Eagles never want to back him in as like a best 22 player. It's always like, yeah, he's around the mark, blah, 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 where, you know, missing Hearn, Shuey, Yo, Duggan, etc. He just never seems to be backed in so I'm just worried that they're still not necessarily in his um oh, sorry he's not in there in their best 22 plans but at the moment look sit back enjoy it um and worry about that later I think I must have yeah because I'm just looking at his stats here I must have seen his only clanger because I was yeah again didn't get to see a lot yeah, of this went one. like 88 percent yeah he went at 80 uh 83 percent mm-hmm. but I saw him kick a howler but he's only had one clanger for the game so yeah, <laughs> yeah I must have just seen surprisingly that actually yeah used it all right yeah uh, Jamie Coops had 111 Tip of the cap, Jamie. That's your first ton since 2018. Look, saying that, he has averaged 73 this season, which is pretty solid, but he's very consistent. And as an eagle who always plays on a Sunday night, usually it's very hard to loophole these guys. So, look, uh, he just took advantage of the Crows on the weekend. So, tip of the cap, Jamie. Josh Rotham had 100 points. He is low-key having an absolute ripper of a season. Um, averaging 73 as well, but he's getting – he's actually – Sorry, averaging more than some of the hot up players. You can butcher just it is just as my gut health is improving. Um, He's scoring more than the hyped up players like Steve May, Adam Saad, Ryan Burton, Quainer, Duday. He's actually averaging more than them. Look, 23 points, playing across half back, just doing it nicely. He's a long-term lock for that Eagles defense. Um, 24 touches and 10 marks. I think he's got a few more strings to his bow than Alex Witherden. So if push comes to shove, I think, you know, you're going to see him stick around in, yeah, that, in that back line a bit more. Uh, another general back there, Jeremy McGovern, 96 points from him, came back from injury and does what he does best, which is intercept Mark the shit out of the game. Look, he's actually highly underrated, I reckon, from a fantasy point of view. Uh, five out of seven games this season, he's gone 78 plus. And obviously, the new game style is helping the, the key backs a lot. So, I think you can just bank him in for eight or 10 marks a game. And look, at 29 years old, no spring chicken, obviously, but he's a great flag target for your D4, D5 kind of spot. Lastly for the Eags, Jake Waterman, 95 points. He played a really nice game, uh, kicked two snags and had 17 touches and 12 marks. Played a bit of a high half-forward role and he's uh, putting up some nice scores of late. So it's good to see he can um, score both fantasy and goal-wise with both oh, – sorry, not with all uh, – Kennedy, Darling and Oscar Allen up there. So they all kick kind of between two and 
five goals between them and um, all worked out really well. Yes, they're not going to play the Crows each week, but and his scoring will fluctuate, obviously, because of the reason that they're um, so good up forward. But look, he is a handy bench option and a, a longer-term player, 11% ownership. So one who I think will improve um, once Josh Kennedy does retire. Uh, onto the Crows to finish off. Horatio Schomburg, my boy, 78 points from him, fresh off a showdown, 74, and uh, has a 78-point game at Optus Stadium. They're both basically tons when you think about it. <laughs> uh, In what way? Showdown pressure, that's definitely oh, okay, a 25% yeah. or 25-point yeah, yeah. plus. And then, you know, it's a real furnace-like atmosphere at uh, Optus Stadium. Is he averaging above 60 this year? Yes. Oh, 64. So, yes. Yeah. And he's going to okay. keep building, baby. Uh, but look, I think that we can both call him tons. But look, 21 touches. It was really buzzing around that midfield. Kick one goal, two. Could have uh, really capitalized on his um, goal kicking there. But look, I know you hate him, Hef. But I don't hate him. He's a kid in his second year in an average side and he's holding his own pretty well. He's putting up some nice 70s now. He's building up to 87% time on ground. He always said he was a low percent time on ground player. Now he's got 87%. Just building up and, that tank. And, still not and once those points per minute match, it's going to be absolute. Match made in heaven. Probably only scored 78 because it was gas from playing 87% time on ground. Couldn't get to the contest. Oh, he would have probably scored. That's why I'm happy to call it a ton. Anyway. Uh, well, so he plays less time on ground and scores more. Is that what you're saying? Look, like he had to do a lot more work. Um, so, a bit tighter. I honestly don't hate him. Look, he's our mate Ben Keyes' housemate. So, yeah. can't hate him. He's the one that, you know, keeps Ben going and you know, make him scoring well and, um, you know, loves being a part of this podcast each week. Gets him Maybe he's going to learn from Ben how to become a fantasy just, pig. Yeah, maybe that's that's definitely a, a more, you know, possible scenario like there. That. So, I don't mind that one. Let's roll anyway, with that Anyway, he's yeah. looking for a third year breakout like no either. Uh, Jimothy Rowe had 76 points from him, his first score over 50 for a month. It was interesting. He actually got up the ground a bit more and um, cracked 20 touches for the first time in his career. So, well done, uh, Jimmy Rowe. Um, look, he uses it pretty well. Also had eight contested touches too. Now, I'm not sure if this is a bit of an experiment to push him higher up and just see what goes on. But look, one to monitor. He's definitely nowhere near a keeper at this stage or probably not even a starter. But look, he's going to be one that keeps uh, developing and, and could be a handy forward going forward in in a year or two. Uh, lastly, Ronan O'Connor had 49 points. He was the uh, Crows debutant this week. And look, his numbers in the SNFL haven't been huge, so I wasn't expecting big numbers. Um, he only played 56% time on ground as well. But fun fact, Hef, he laid as many tackles as he had touches. Do you want to know another fun fact? That's eight, which is a pretty good effort, eight tackles. Do you want to know another fun fact? Yeah. He had seven more tackles than he had kicks. That's amazing. He only had one kick. That's amazing. <laughs> so, he's an absolute tackling machine. Uh, look, he's an inside player. Going to take some time to develop. But, you know, uh, tackles are fantasy gold. All right. That wraps up the round rewind. Uh, before we move on to the state league scores and the projections, uh, let's talk about our membership program. So, if you appreciate the work we do uh, bringing you the podcast each week, uh, please consider becoming a member and just supporting the show and, uh, yeah, helping us out with our expenses and things like that. Um, in return, you receive our AFL fantasy projections, which I made little tweak to today case too Ooh. now because what i was doing before is like you work out a few averages between like what they're you know up against their opponents their last scores, score at the mm-hmm. venue that sort of stuff and sure. then i had like a bit of a multiplier where it was um i'd work out who were the easiest teams to score against and the hardest teams to score against and that would kind mm-hmm. of adjust their score accordingly mm-hmm. so i've broken that down even further and now it goes by opponents what they give up to each position so for example collingwood uh, defenders playing Collingwood just through the roof type thing but wow. then also Rucks playing uh, Richmond um, kind of guy get, not through the roof just get a bit of a bump and stuff like that so it's actually a little bit more accurate because it actually looks at who they'll be playing on and what um, scores those positions actually give up so a little bit more accurate in the fantasy projections there for this our is, listeners uh, for our members intense shit man yeah so, is it like secret like 
the secret herbs and spices from pretty Paris much. Yeah, or, so, you know, yeah, yeah, or the secret mix that they put in the yeah. Essentially, you, you use this, you, you win sauce. all your leagues. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, bang. So yeah, we got also got the state league fantasy scores. You only had VFL this week due to the state league matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got the the breakout tracker up there out there as well, which um, compares the uh, the early career players to the best in the competition at the same number of games after that, at the same point in their careers, and just other great premium resources, all of which. You know, help you out for your classic teams, your draft teams, and of course your keeper league teams. So, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au and or just click on the link in the description below and sign up today. Uh, but we name five gold members each week. They get their names around the podcast. So take it away, Case. Uh, thank you to Joseph Cagney, Matthew Parnham, Callum Marshall, Ryan Arms, and Daniel Santillo. Thank you, gentlemen. Cool. Let's move on to the next section of the podcast: the projections and the state league fantasy scores. All right, we might look at the State League fantasy scores first up. Uh, mm-hmm. Only VFL, so just maybe quickly just go through some of the better scorers there, Case. Yeah, we're all through uh, the top 10 over the weekend. So Ryan Clark had 162 points, massive game from him. Lazy 41 touches for the Swans midfielder. Uh, 40, uh, sorry, 32 touches for Josh Cady and 154 points, uh, massive game from him. Cam Ellis-Yeoman uh, would have to be close to a spot back in that Brisbane side. He had 147 points, uh, laid seven tackles. Dan Howe, uh, 145 points from him. Uh, we have to be close to a call after the the Hawks' horrid loss to the, the Roos on the weekend. Luke Dunstan keeps putting up big numbers in the VFL, 135 points. Could Braden Fiorini return to the Sun side this week? He had 131 points. I'm going to say no, just because he never does. That's true. He does that every week. He did have 32 touches, but uh, obviously the Stewie Jew hatred is real. Uh, some Richmond players, Callum Coleman-Jones, the emerging Rutman, 17 uh, hitouts, but also five goals for his 129. Uh, the Egg, Derek Egmelee-Smith, uh, 28 touches, 127 points. Big Johnny Segler, the backup Ruckman for Hawthorne. He had 20 hitouts, 17 touches, 10 marks for 126 points. And uh, your boy, Dylan Stevens, 37 touches, 123 points. So. Fingers crossed he gets a game this week because I just need him playing. I still can't believe he got dropped after his last game, to be honest. He looked fine. Um, yeah, and the other one is uh, for the fantasy classic kind of people. Trent Bianco had 98 points in the VFL. He's got to be close with some of the rookies there, are blooding at Collingwood. Correct. So if he's on your waivers, uh, snap him up now. For sure. All right. Uh, last week, we did our projections, loopholes, streamers and waivers. And I was on fire. The only one to let me down out of all of them mm-hmm. was um, Jake Lloyd, who only got 95, which isn't unacceptable for a captain no, for me. No. But uh, I, I warned you people against fielding uh, Charlie Cameron, so I said, Lou Polin, just wait and see. And I definitely picked Mason Redmond, which I was pretty pretty happy about for people mm-hmm. to chuck on their fields. Anyways, uh, Kays, you weren't so great, but that's all right. This week you were a I now Dame Rampy. I'm happy with that. That's true. That was a good. That was an actual good pick. So anyway, uh, who's your captain for this week? Uh, captain for this week is Darcy Parrish. He is averaging 118 in his last five games, and he's absolutely beating up on shit midfields. Example, uh, Fremantle and Collingwood. He's gone 117, 117, 131, and 140. 50. So they are some very, very nice captain scores. Play North this week. It could be a bloodbath. 
My captain this week is Ollie Wines. So he's averaging 111 from his last five. Uh, had 130 last week as well. Now, Collingwood give up the fifth most uh, fantasy points to midfielders. Mm-hmm. So, But they do give up the most fantasy points to teams overall. So uh, this should be a very fantasy-friendly game against Collingwood. And I think I have about four poor players in my side. So that should be uh, hopefully good for me on the weekend. Bang. Who's your loophole option for the week? Uh, loophole of the week is is the rat Rory Atkins. Um, happy to give him the pass for his first game back from a spell. Um, we know Jack Bowes was subbed out of that game with injury. So uh, if he doesn't get up, do we see the rat play across halfback flank and kind of uh, play a bit of a, a floater roll back there? If so, um, it could be a handy pickup. So I reckon it'll be down there a lot. They play Geelong. Um, it's the third game around, so perfect loophole option. And uh, the rat averages 72 against the Cats, scored 95 against them in the last time they played and at his best he's an 80 average kind of player so I reckon he's a nice loophole option on your bench uh, mine's Angus Brayshaw like he had 83 last week and he just saying that as like having him on your bench just doesn't seem right but I think most midfields like surely you've got players that are scoring better than Angus Brayshaw so he does have a good track record against the Crows but he's playing a different role now as we mentioned earlier he only had 76 against them the last time he played as well so he's a player that just because he got 83 last week don't get sucked in to bring him on he was just a player I'd bench and just see how he goes this week and if he goes okay against the Crows which is a good you know opposition that he should go okay mm. with um, I'd bring him on then but uh, yeah just be wary because um, he could go shit as well uh, my streamer for the week Hef I'm going a little bit left field here I'm going okay. to back in Gary Rowan so since returning to the Geelong side from injury he's actually averaged 74 uh, he had 76 on the weekend and averages 84 against Gold Coast uh, notched up a ton last time they played him he's playing sorry he's averaging three goals a game this season he could easily bob up and kick a bag um, early game too so uh, almost a streamer loophole option but uh, Gary Rowan's in some good form and uh, does like playing against the Suns. My streamer seems like a free swing, but the only reason I've got him in there is because I looked at the numbers on Ultimate Footy, and I know this is taking in draft leagues, but even so, he's only 65% started in Ultimate Footy. In 65% of teams, he starts in the field, and that's James Jordan. So I think because over the the start of the season, yes, he started like a house on fire, went back, and over the last two weeks, um, he's gone big again. So I just think you can stream him or just play. You don't even have to stream, just playing with confidence from now on, I think. But the thing is with um, Viney back in, there might be some doubt. But yeah, the Crows do leak points to midfielders. So mids average 90 points against uh, Adelaide. So that's of all the midfielders in every team playing, they average 90 as a whole. So mm-hmm. I think no matter what, he should go okay. So if you are worried about Viney, uh, I think James Jordan still should be okay this week against the Crows. Hmm. Uh, my wavy for this week, I wasn't really sure. I thought I'm going to go down a path. I'm going to go, your team's going shit. Who should you try and stock up or stash for the rest of the year? And I think uh, Lockie Jones, support Adelaide, is back this week, Hef. Um, they said he's in contention to play. Surprisingly, for a highly touted youngster, he's only 27% owned. So um, you can get him for basically free off the waiver wire. Look, he notched up a 68 in his debut game against Richmond. Um Playing Collingwood this week, we do know uh, defenders against Collingwood usually go pretty well. So if he can get a spot in that halfback line, provide a bit of drive. We've seen guys like Bergman score well, um, you know, who are young. I reckon it's time to get a piece of Lucky Jones. I think Jones will probably come back through the sandful if he does play this weekend, but potentially the weekend after. But like you said, it's a long-term prospect. I'll be worried about Bergman 
though, especially because he didn't score a point for the whole first half last week. But uh, it is Jones' time. Had 45 in the second half, though, so I guess oh, that kind boo. of makes up for him. Uh, Josh Caddy is my waiver of the week. And basically just because he had a monster score in the VFL and because Richmond are a little bit light on in the midfield, they might try to bring him in um, over the next few weeks just to play a role or two. Now, I don't think you'd be starting on the field, but it might be a handy um, loophole option or someone to put in there just to see how he goes. And, uh, yeah, or if you just need some cover, I think Caddy might be a good option if he comes in and plays over the next few weeks. But, uh, yeah, so that was our stately fantasy scores and our projections for the week. Uh, make sure you sign up as a member to get more um, picks. Uh, sorry, to get more of our projections. You get wave wide picks and state league fantasy scores. So if you want extended versions of all of those things, uh, make sure you sign up as a member. Now, we've got a review before we get on to the listening questions. Review? Yeah. yeah. So please keep this coming in. Uh, they help us climb the charts. Um, the more five stars, the more actual, like, uh, the more comments we can get or, you know, um, actual reviews down the bottom uh, do help us climb. So this one comes from Colin Ron and he says, uh, hey, lads, been a great year of content thus far. Just wondering where do I go to leave a review? Cheers. I'm not sure if that's a – is that a joke? Or? That's clever. Well yeah. done, Ron. You found it. You, uh, you got there in the end, but uh, yeah. I hope it was five stars. I would think it was, yeah. We've only had one non-five star. Oh. Some guy gave us a one and said we say um and ah too much. That was like so, our first podcast. Yeah, I know, but still, it's still sitting there. And I think as a result, we only average like 4.9 in the ratings now. So, uh. yeah, maybe if we get enough fives, it'll tip well, it no back one has like five. a perfect Uber rating, do they? Nah, not really. It just this happens. Yeah, exactly. Happens. Anyways, we'll move on. All right, first question of the night comes from Sandgroper19. He asks, uh, Rory Atkins back to his best after gaining touch and 2G4P by the end of the season. What do you think? don't know if he'll get 2G for P, but I think he can get back to his best. Look, as we touched on before, signed a five-year deal at Suns. They've got him up there for some reason. I think he can get back to being an 80 average player. It's annoying that he's a mid-only at the moment, but uh, look, hopefully he might be able to regain some back status or something by the end of the year, but... There's no reason why he can't. He just needs to – obviously, it's always hard when players don't have much of a preseason. Um, always puts on the back foot. But, um, look, hopefully by the end of the year, he could be uh, more than doing enough to be a keeper. His best is 81, so it's possible. But, like, even when he was at his best, he was never 2G4P. So, I don't know. I just didn't I didn't see the game of the weekend, but he only scored 43, so that's not a good sign so far. You need an average 80 to be 2G4P. Game from back from a big run. No, no, no. But that's going to peg him back a little bit for that 80 average. Like, say he gets 80 next week. He's yeah, in the true. 60. It's going to be very hard to get 2G4P from here. That's what I'm saying. Uh, at Trav014, it says, Alex Neil Bullen continuing to get it done. Can he average 75 to 80 again like he did in 2017 and 18? And also, is James Jordan 2G4P? Um, I think Neil Bullen can average 75 for sure. Mm-hmm. He just needs to keep Get those, some of the upper scores up there. I think he's had one score. He had a thing. Yeah, I looked at it last week. He had one score in the twenties, one score in the fifties, and every other score has been above fifty. Very so, solid. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's so every every score has been above sixty. So yeah, it's it's not that bad. And like I said, when he gets on a few on the end of a few goals, which he will at Melbourne, he'll get an eighty. So I think it'll be fine. James Jordan two G four P. Did we do that tonight? I think did we, we? Did. I can't remember. Should we do that? If we didn't earlier. Let me just go back. <laughs> I can't remember if we did or didn't, but really, like, no one's going to be giving him up. Actually, I traded him in one of my leagues this week. Do you want to know what the trade was for? Really? Yeah. I traded him for Patrick Dangerfield. Mm, so you're really going for the- uh, I needed a- Oh, f- well, I have Toby Green, and I also have Jane Stevenson, 
and now I've got three injured forwards, but I'm sitting nine and zero, and they'll all be back for finals. So. James Jordan did not get 2G for Pete. Do you think he should? No. Okay. See what happens when Viney comes in. Yeah, good point. Yeah, fair enough. Did, yeah, I can't even remember what we said about that. But I That's mean, what you said. It was your man. Yeah. No, on, but Hef. did I say um, – did we even no, question 2G? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. All good. All right. So um, next question at Dos- Dosasaurus Flex. Nice uh, handle. Do you think DeMont will return to form? I know it's one game, but not sure whether to hold or pick up another waiver mid. He will definitely get back to form, don't you? Yeah. Right? Definitely. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Don't waste unless you yeah. unless your waivers are ridiculously yeah. abundant. First game back in the se- in the seniors, mm-hmm. like he's gonna take some time to get back to that level. We do know that the North Melbourne are actually scoring pretty good points, like considering they're really bad. It's all just um Jack Siebel and Aaron Hall. Yeah. They just that's how they trend your mind back up. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh yeah. Don't worry about DeMont. Hang on to him, he'll be fine. Yes. Um at Nathan Quarrell, um, is it too soon to give – is this your brother-in-law? Yes. <laughs> is it too soon to give up on Classic to focus on my draft and keeper leagues? Um, you know the answer to this question. What is, what is your answer? Uh, classic sucks, man. You know something? You suck, man. <laughs> classic. Uh, Happy Gilmore reference there. Is that He's uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep – we started up a keeper leg this year. Oh, did you? We're going okay. Are you dominating it? Uh, I think he's above me. Yeah. No, I've had a few. I've had some bad injuries. Well, he was a top 100. Oh, sorry. Just oh, sorry. Now just I've opened up some wounds. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be crying after that one. Yes, he will. He was almost a top 100. Uh, he was almost almost a got the hat. Was it 104? Now he's just seasons that go on a plan. But yeah, look, I don't know. I'm like 20,000 at the moment with Classic. I'm really losing interest. I want to get into a Classic League with him just to see how he goes. Uh, at Woody J64, has Willardon cemented a spot in the Eagles backline if their list is fully fit? Uh, can Hearn Gov, Brass, Shepherd, Rotham, Witherden, Nelson, Duggan all play in the same team. No, touching it before, I actually worry about Witherden how they talk about him, and he just seems to be that accumulator, you know, halfback kind of player. Whereas I think guys like Rotham, Shepherd, Hearn, um, you know, even Nelson and Duggan to an extent provide a bit more uh, defensive pressure, whereas uh, Witherden doesn't really do that. You know, with it and meets like all the criteria for 2G4P, it's just that he remains on the podcast just because of his job security. Correct. It's crazy. Mm. Um, at uh, Russ246, yeah. I'll take this one, Hef. Can we bring Jordan Dawson back to the pod? His yo-yo scoring has killed me a few times this year. He's your boy, Hef. I think this is uh, a move done in anger here, Russ, because he got you 94 last week and then ran five and six so a few weeks ago. You got 80s back to back. Oh, this got me thinking, though, okay, mm. should we have a criteria for back to pod? So, should it be like averaging under 80 and have three scores in a row under 80, you're back to pod? And then plus also there's discretion, you know, that we just think, you know, whether there's other circumstances on top of that. Should we be thinking about something like this? We probably should, but, you know, like a lot of my, my stuff is Because the 2G4P, on- sorry to interrupt, mm. the 2G4P is basically averaging 80 plus and you do it three weeks in a row, three or four weeks mm-hmm. in a row. Should we have a criteria? I don't know. I love stats, but I also love my remedy kombucha gut feel about when I bring people in and off the pod. Yeah, that's how you run everything. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, we should. We should probably talk about that. I think it needs to be way less than 80, though. Like, if you're yeah. sitting around that 70-plus average, you're still a fine enough player. Maybe especially under 75. If you, especially if you've proved it over a couple of years. If you're a 2G4P player and you're averaging 75 and you score under 75 three weeks in a row, maybe that's – I don't know. Let's think about that. For example, though, where is he? I could probably run the numbers and work out who would be B2P on the back of that. Sometime this week. It wouldn't take me very long to work that out. And I could have, come up with a list. just press a button and it'll work. Like a few, maybe three or four buttons. But uh, yeah, I could come up with a list. But anyway, did you want Dawson's to Dawson's inside. He's like the 40th ranked defender this year on average. That's not really, you know, that's 
too good for the podcast. Just. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like he's averaging just below 80, which is generally the criteria. Anyway, we'll have to think of the BTP we criteria. Will. We will. Uh, Joshua Little, uh, Stephen May or Josh Rotham, who gets the last keeper spot? Uh, I'd be all over Josh Rotham. Uh, just play – like Steve May's taking a lot of marks. He's playing really well and he can be a bit more consistent. But Rotham's put up a couple tons this year and um, just, as I said, low-key, just playing a very good year. Yeah, I agree, but it's so, so close. Mm. I, I lean towards Rotham just because of the age factor the, as well. The issue is, and I found I'm at Rotham only this year, I haven't started him once purely because the Eagles play a lot of – Sunday games. Yeah. So, like, you can't even loophole him. And there's a lot of good defenders. And by the time that, like, I've got an okay defense, so, like, he's never really had to kind of fit in there. So, that's the issue with the Eagles players is they do play usually, like, you know, Saturday nights or or Sundays. I looked at it before. Stephen May has more disposals and uses the ball by foot a lot more. Mm. I think, like, for this year, I'd be going Stephen May, but then as of next year. Well, Rotham's 23, and I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a great long-term prospect. Yeah. Uh, Mark Reynolds asks, uh, is Patrick Cripps putting together one of the most frustrating fantasy seasons of all time? Probably. I can't think of – there's probably lots of – like, James Warple's putting together one, but <sighs> probably excuse him for being a bit younger and not superstar status. Patrick like Cripps has a broken back, doesn't he? Apparently, well, carrying apparently the team he, for doesn't, years. he doesn't have a broken back. Yeah. But no, he didn't. Then he does. Apparently, he does now. I'd hate to have a broken back. Yeah, so would I. But yeah, like I said, that's what happens when you carry your side for so long. Now, the thing is, he hasn't been. I just want to make that joke again because I thought it went underappreciated, but it's probably been done to death today. Carrying the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got that the first time you said it. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, I don't know what you do. Like, you, you have to hold though, don't you? I suppose you could trade if, you know, you really want to. But well, crap. there's talk of him maybe getting traded at season's end. To another team. Yeah. But he's not really that. He's- Deceptively quite young still. Wasn't it West Coast were trying to free up He's only 26. Yeah. Wasn't West Coast trying- I heard it was West Coast. I think it was. He's trying to free up Cap Room to get him there. You want to get him to Essendon? I'll take him. Is he Perth boy, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah, I think he is actually. Yeah. No relation to Jamie, but I think all Cripses are from Perth. Every- Yeah. From East (laughs) Fremantle. But yeah, every Crips has come from Perth. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, AJS Hawker asks, how good has Schoenberg looked in the last two rounds? Double fist Double emoji. fist bump. Uh, elite. No, 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 about elite. He's looked elite. Like he's notched up to- 70s, I know. He's notched it's, up- It's good for Harry Schoenberg, I know, I know, but like- He's notched know. up two sentimental tons. Sentimental tons. Yeah, look, it takes a big game to- Big player to get a good score against Port in the showdown, <laughs> you know? And then he goes all the way to Perth on that flight, three hours. It takes a good player to get 70, yeah. Look, to be honest, he was probably one of the highest scoring crows on the weekend if you wanted to get too technical. So Mate, that is offensive to Ben Keys. Ben Keys and um Laird. Laird were just dominating and then everyone else just picked up some some bits and pieces. But look, I'm getting excited about Harry. I'm getting very excited and I can't wait for Hef to apologize sometime. Are you as excited year. as you were after he got a ton against North Melbourne he after kicking two junk time goals? He got ninety eight. <laughs> Jeez, that's saying something. Anyways, let's wrap it up. I'm sick of talking about Harry Schoenberg. Uh, check us out on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, especially on Instagram. I'm lifting a no, game are. on Instagram recently. So if you haven't checked out all the graphics and stats I'm putting up there, uh, you are missing out. So get on our Instagram page. The weekend there. projection ones are sick. Yeah, they were good. They were mm. Good little social content. Mm. Uh, but also make sure you support our sponsors, uh, Remedy and Zambrari. Support them. You support us. So uh, please get around them. Remember to use uh, Keeper 20 to get yourself some cheaper remedy kombucha as well. Also, make sure you're listening to the Pod Pod uh, Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, uh, a podcast we sponsor and that we're very fond of. So, yeah. Anything else from you, Kays? No, that's it. All right, let's wrap it up and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. <laughs>